welcome to episode 20 of Super States, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the overlap of trance states with personal or professional growth. In every episode, we talk to world-class experts, industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers who share the latest information, tools, along with their own personal stories to inspire you on your journey. This week, I talk with Beth Weinstein. As a spiritual business coach, Beth helps coaches, healers, psychedelic pioneers, therapists, and spiritual leaders align with your soul's path and grow your business so you can help more people share your unique medicine and have a thriving transformational business you love. Curious about creating a spiritual business? Keep listening for Integrating Psychedelics and Business Strategies with Beth Weinstein. Welcome to Super States. I am here today with Beth Weinstein. Weinstein? Either one. Yeah, thank you, totally. Beth, for, for coming forward. Beth, your, uh, your podcast is The Psychedelic Entrepreneur. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited to have you on the show today. Uh, to get started, would you just describe to us what you do and then how that transforms lives, both your clients, but also maybe your life? Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And by the way, my podcast is being rebranded to just be called Medicine for These Times, which is, um, you know, and then the psychedelic entrepreneur will be the tagline. I'm not sure when this is happening, but hopefully sometime in the next four or five months, um, just so everyone knows. So I'm actually a business coach. I was already business coaching. I have been on this kind of what I call the medicine path, uh, working with psychedelic medicines for over 30 years now. And it's just been a really big part of my um, spiritual and personal development path. And I was already coaching people to help them start and grow their businesses, mostly coaches, healers, therapists, people making career changes and wanting to get into entrepreneurship, some people who are starting consulting. And What I had started noticing many years ago is that I really loved working with other clients who are already working with psychedelics Hmm. because we were able to integrate those experiences into their business, into their life's work. And there was a, a time many years ago where messages started coming through that told me I should really start talking about this more publicly because I would talk about my own psychedelic experiences with my clients, you know, certain Mm -hmm. clients, but I wasn't sharing it publicly in the world. And sometimes I would write emails, you know, I have an email newsletter and I would be cryptic, you know, I would tell stories and some people would figure it out and some people wouldn't. And the ones that figured it out were the ones that kind of got drawn to me like, oh, she's, you know, works with medicines and I can relate to her and she can relate to me. So um, these messages started coming through that were all around how these psychedelics can actually open us up to this place of having more purpose. And I put purpose Mm -hmm. in quotes here. It's like so many people say, I want to find my purpose. I'm looking for purpose you know, I really think our purpose is just to shine our light, you know, really in the end. But, you know, to find like more meaningful work, more work that feels aligned with your heart, work that's lighting you up. And I have that typical story where, you know, I worked in the corporate world for 15 years. I knew I was always here to be an entrepreneur since I was a kid. And, you know, what I started noticing is within my own medicine communities where I was, you know, sitting with various psychedelic medicines, What I would see is people going to the psychedelic experience, but then not integrating it into their work or their career. And they would still be, you know, depressed or anxious or suffering from this anxiety and, you know, sadness that that makes them feel that unfulfillment in the world, which then very often brings them to the psychedelics. But what I noticed is, hey, if you're not actually integrating the psychedelics and making real lasting changes then, you know, the psychedelics are not going to fix you. 
So this partially came through actual psychedelics over and over and over and over. And I actually kept saying, like, there's no way I'm talking about this publicly. You know, this was a while ago and Mm -hmm. back before it was not what it is today where it's very public. And it was scary because it was illegal and it was like weird and frowned upon. And only even some good friends of mine didn't really know what I was up to. You know, it's like certain friends that I did this with knew and certain ones didn't. But when I finally kind of just, you know, it was like part of my own path. Like it was this part of myself I was hiding in my work. When I finally came out with my first psychedelic summit after I'd run some other summits in the past, you know, I really thought maybe there'd be like 50 people on the earth that resonated with what I was sharing because I wanted to just do it because it was coming through me. It was something I wanted to do. And when it came out, it was very well received. All these people, you know, started realizing like, yes, you know, I take all these psychedelics, but it's actually my work or my job or, you know, my misaligned career that's making me miserable. So then I help them either start a business or find this purpose or make these big changes in their life. I help a lot of kind of newer healers, coaches, therapists transition and grow their business. I help some people who are also already in the, what what I call transformational field, like coaches, healers, Mm -hmm who feel like they're not really operating at their fullest potential. Like maybe you've been an acupuncturist for 25 years, but you know there's something more in you. I get a lot of clients like that who know, okay, like I am here to constantly be expanding because you can get stuck in these, you know, ruts of just like, okay, I'm doing all right, but I'm not inspired by my work anymore. So I get a lot of people like that. And what I was really passionate about and still am is this discussion of the interconnection between psychedelics, sacred medicines, and this notion of having purpose and integrating these into transformational entrepreneurship. Like even at the level of, hey, you're a CEO that runs a company and now you're doing a lot of psychedelics. Well, you know, how are you going to run that company differently now? And how is this going to affect the larger world? And hopefully, you know, my prayer is that with this, you know, growth and popularity of psychedelics is that maybe we do start to do things differently. We'll see. So far, it's it's happening a little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I I like what you're talking about because that integration piece is often, from my experience anyway, that's often like psychedelic experiences over here life is over here and they don't always come together. So that integration piece is super important. Yes, totally. What are the, uh, what's a a transformational experience from your life that kind of helped you find your own purpose? Well, um, you know, looking back on my childhood, I had these very significant moments that I now refer to as like just activations. I don't know what they were, but awarenesses and maybe part of a spiritual awakening at a very young age, like seven, eight, nine, where I actually knew back then that I was here to help people with their businesses. I didn't know what it meant. I used to even play games. Me and my best friend, instead of playing like house, we actually played this game that we called City where we both ran businesses and we pretended that we had these like lives of, you know, flying on airplanes and like kind of trying to live this like nomadic entrepreneur life, even though I didn't know what that really was at the time. And, you know, I always said at a very young age that I didn't want to own my own business, but I wanted to be the person that helped someone else. Like I wanted to be number two, Mm -hmm. like behind the scenes. Um, And it's funny because that's pretty much what I do now. So it was kind of like I always knew my purpose, but then, so I do believe in like the soul, right? Like our souls come here. It's kind of maybe has a somewhat predetermined like blueprint, you know, depending on what we all, what we all believe in. Yeah. Um, but then I was programmed, you know, I had a very typical American family, which was like, you go to college, you work, you get a job, you buy a house, you retire, and then you die. It's like, it was never about what makes you happy? What gets you inspired? What do you love to do? Who cares about the money? It was never about that. It was like, 
survival. Like you need a good job, you know, like, so the programming got in the way, but throughout my life, like starting at the age 14, I had my first psychedelic experience. So I had these like spiritual experiences when I was younger, but then the first psychedelic experience at a very young age really woke me up to this idea that, oh, there's no way this is all there is. Like we, there's definitely more than this. Like, you know, the capacity of what the brain is able to see and produce under the influence of something very small just kind of shows like we have no idea what our capabilities are. So that first experience kind of was like the initial like, hmm, I wonder if like the world is lying to me about everything, you know, on some level. Of course, I didn't say that at the time. But, you know, then I had numerous experiences at, you know, my teens, working with various drugs, um, going dancing, sports, running, like all these transformational experiences, some of them like with no drugs whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, I started getting into, I was always interested in spirituality and self-development and I studied psychology in college. So I was like kind of on this path and I just, it was like a series of like more and more and more and more like understanding of like, well, this is what I want for my life. But I was afraid because I was programmed to stay in fear. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you know, I had, um, when I was about 28, 29, my dad suddenly got cancer and died pretty quick, like within months of finding out. Um, my ex-boyfriend at the time, his dad got cancer and also died very quickly. So it was like this double whammy of two deaths Yeah. when I was only like 28. And that really did something to me. It really said like, okay, well, if my dad worked his whole life at this same job that I don't think he loved... And then he died only, you know, however many years after retirement, kind of early. You know, what is, and I remember just saying like, what is this all about? Did I really come here just to grind away at a job so then I die? Like it just didn't even make sense to me that life was about like hating what you did and suffering. And like, you know, I cried every day after work, like being miserable. And then because I cried every day, I drank way too much alcohol as a coping mechanism and did all other destructive ba- behaviors, you know, and I saw this like downward spiral happening to the point where, you know, like suicidal thoughts and like pending looming death and like, you know, potential overdoses. And I remember saying to myself, if I don't do something about this, I'm probably going to die pretty early. Like I just knew it, you know, mm-hmm. cause I was like, not happy and I was miserable. So that was kind of like another big transformational moment. And then of course, you know, meditation, different spiritual retreats. I was always like really deep on the yoga path. Um, But then, you know, later on it was like, you know, deaths, job losses, sicknesses. I've had these like mystery illnesses that came up that really woke me up. Then things like Burning Man, transformational experiences, drugs. And then, you know, of course, like any kind of psychedelic experience that really opens your heart and your mind to seeing yeah. things from a different perspective. So it's been a a huge series and I feel like over time over life like they just got more and more intense and detailed and also more kind of as I say to my clients if if you don't do if you don't make changes first the universe will start to do it for you meaning <laughs> sicknesses you know, illnesses, breakups, like losing houses. Like I've seen weird things happen. And it's like everything is a sign, in my opinion, trying to move your soul into the right direction of where it's really supposed to be. Like that thing that everybody calls alignment, you know, and this this alignment of your soul's path. So for me, it was like a lot of hard lessons and also a lot of like, well, what if I actually just started getting curious and like playing around with these these visions that have been coming through for 20 years, you know, and that's when things started expediting. And I always say that's all you have to do is just start to get curious around, you know, like co-creating your life. Like, hey, I want to go um, and I've now had three businesses. This is my third business. But my previous business, you know, I had wanted to do it for so long. So I just started kind of like getting curious. And then next thing you know, it becomes more real, more real, more real. And then there's a day, you know? So I always tell people like, it's harmless to get curious and like plant seeds yeah. and start to create your reality. I, I love that. It's, um, I think of those, 
like the universe, right? Giving you little nudges at first starts out little soft nudges, but uh, pretty soon if there's nothing that happens, uh, it's, it's now it becomes, I think of it like a two by four to the head. Sometimes it, it gets really loud if you ignore the nudge. So paying attention to those things, it's, it's important. And that's a really great way to do that just by being curious. Yeah. What would you say has changed about how you work with your clients now since from, from when you started to, to where you are today? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so interesting. Um, you know, as, as we evolve, right? Like we do our own, I'm constantly learning and growing and doing my own experiences of whatever it is, transformation and trainings and learning and like things that have helped me just on my personal path. Um, you know, I start to bring in way more of those with my clients now than I ever did in the past. So for example, you know, I call myself a spiritual business coach because everything's really based in this, this notion of like, you know, Hey, like I work with people on a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. I do believe we are spiritual beings. Um, but what I have found is that growing a business and making it successful is not just about the business pieces that people would associate with like, marketing and sales and audience and email and podcasts and all these like tangibles in the 3D that have to do with business, social media, all the things. Right. What I've found is, you know, yes, they're important, but I don't think they really move the needle that much unless you really address the mindset, the somatic piece and the subconscious, you know, and then, I mean, honestly, I bring in like even like health, wellness, energetics, like everything, um, because it's a holistic business when it's you. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, look, if you just want to make some money by selling a bunch of crap on Amazon.com, like maybe you don't need to work on somatic therapy. I don't know. I mean, but I actually think you probably do. Um, but meaning like when you're really – a, like a coach, a healer, a therapist, somebody in the psychedelic space, and you're working like on a soul level, like you're a soul working with other souls, doing this really deep transformational work. Yeah, It's not just about having good marketing. It's about who you be, what your energy is, your, your subconscious beliefs that are maybe running the show. And I've seen this probably like a lot of the work you do over and over and over where someone might be doing all the marketing but not getting results. It's like, well, how do you explain that? So I bring in a lot of um, kind of like the woo-woo. I always say it. my program is 50% masculine, like the tangible 3D business, and then 50% the feminine, like the energetics, the subconscious, the somatic work you know, doing the deeper digging. And that's kind of where it's like soul alchemy. You know, it's like really doing this deep digging. And I've had clients of mine say things like, you know, this really wasn't a business coaching program. This is like a deeply transformational spiritual growth program. And when you transform and step into your embodied soul, like what you're here to be doing and really become more embodied here on earth and start to reprogram the beliefs that are running behind the scenes, very often that's, you know, that's what leads to success. But you do need both, meaning like, okay, maybe you've worked on all the subconscious and the somatics and the energetics, but if you don't have a way for people to get a hold of you and find you and book a call and know how to sell to them, sure, then it's not going to work. So this is where my clients have had, you know, like the magical, like, oh my God, I just made $10,000 and clients came out of the blue. Yeah. But they had the system set up. So it's like, yes, you have to have the root chakra in your business in place first. Mm. But this is how my teaching has shifted over the years. It's really brought in. It's not just business. It's like deep work. And I found like the, the deeper my clients go into all of this, like really peeling away at the layers to become their authentic, you know, guided by their heart and soul and, and put themselves out there in the world then they tend to have the most success. But a lot of times, you know, some people, it's like, it's a lot of work to go through and then like really dig deep. And like, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not, I mean, I try to make it really fun. That's the one thing I guarantee, you know, it's like within community, it's really fun. I bring in guest teachers, you know, I bring in 
random things that don't make sense, like vocal, vocal work, flower True. essences, astrology, you know, like it's a very holistic program. Um, but this is where, when you bring all these pieces together, this is where the results are actually expedited. You know, like I don't believe business can just grow working on one thing only. Like it can't just be all business and it can't just all be energy. Yeah. Because if, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm doing all the manifestation meditations all day, every day, but you don't have one link set up properly or, you know, don't know how to sell to people, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you have to have the the method, the the pathway for the manifestation to flow to you. I mean, you can. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And um, no, I, I love, I, I resonate a lot with what you're talking about. Uh, I work with, uh, I don't necessarily, I'm not a business coach, but I do end up working with a lot of entrepreneurs and business people who are dealing with a problem. And that problem is usually personal. Mm-hmm. And the same thing will happen with my clients. Well, we start with this one area, but if you look at it, it gets pretty clear that this is reflected across your life. So it's more yeah. about a journey than just a tactical solving this one problem. Always. Totally. It's all I always say, you know, it's like your life starts to change as your business changes and your business changes as your life changes too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and very often that means, you know, it's this purification process. You might see friends go away. You might lose things in your life that you thought were great, but they're really not serving you. You know, like I, I've seen everything, like partners even, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Sometimes people are just lying to themselves or whatever it is. And then they, you know, finally something happens and then all of a sudden their business takes off and their life falls into alignment and then they manifest a new home and then things just start moving. And it's like, well, but that all was a catalyst from that one thing you let go of, you know, it doesn't have to be a partner, but you know, people moving cities I've seen, um, anything because it's, it's all intertwined, you know, and it's all interrelated. It's, it's, you know, we're not just these beings that are isolated, like with things only in our head or only yeah. in our body, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you can't ignore these other pieces. No, for, certainly not. Uh, when you're, uh, when you're out there into the world, how are you, how are you further educating yourself? Like, what do you do to, to keep your own brain moving? Yeah. Um, and this is something I constantly tell clients of mine is, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as having enough training to then finally go help people. It's like, because we're always learning, we're always Mm -hmm. growing, we're always evolving. You know, it's not like you get to this place where you're like, okay, now I can help people. You know, it's like, when's that going to be when you're like 90 years old? (laughs) So most people that are on to me, like, I don't know if it's really true, but most people who serve others, you know, in some transformational capacity, therapists, healers, coaches, Um, you know, we're doing our own inner work to, you know, first for ourselves and to also better serve. So for me, you know, these days, um, you know, my medicine work is a huge part of my work. I still, you know, it's not a ton, but it's very important, meaning like it's a dedicated space that I put aside at least, you know, a few times a year. Mm -hmm. That's like a non-negotiable. And and very often that involves like at least once a year I go on a retreat where I'm like offline, like disconnected and just Mm -hmm. going inward and getting silent and like doing the deep work. Um, I've been the last few years really diving into different somatic therapy modalities um, because that's helped me so much. And I also believe it's like so important, especially for people working with psychedelics and plant medicines. So, you know, whether it's working with yourself, working with medicines or others, I think it's just so important. Um, energy work, like I've been studying, you know, the energetics of how we carry energy in our body, which is also connected to the somatics. So that's been a, a huge growth edge where I'm learning more and more every day and also just experiencing more and more of my own as I call them, like my own gifts are coming online. So it's like, well, as more and more gifts come online, like I have to figure out like, oh, how do I work with this? What can I do? Like what's possible? And it's just like more and more keeps coming. Um, NLP, which I know this is like your Mm -hmm. thing. um, I, it's also helped me so much on my path. I've been working with NLP practitioners for, I don't even know how long now, 
I can't even count. Um, but I usually dedicate, you know, I, I don't know, four times a year, three or four times a year I get sessions and then I've studied some of it. Not, not a ton. Mm -hmm. One day I hope to do like full on training because I find it to be so fascinating on how amazing and effective it is. Um, and you know, even the little bit I've studied is, uh, incredible just to understand, okay, you can help someone transform with just like a little bit of a shift in like how you say things or what you say to them, yeah. you know? So I've been studying mindset, different modalities of mindset and like subconscious reprogramming for a long time. And it's kind of like, it's very intertwined also to um, the energy work, the somatic work, the psychedelic work. So that's what I'm learning. And then also, you know, just really like simple things too. Um, you know, I mean, there's there more and more like, you know, I get into astrology and human design and I've been doing this vocal work that's like some deep somatic vocal work. And I bring that into my programs because it's it's completely helped me. But even just like, you know, talking to my clients about getting onto the earth and like spending time outside and disconnecting and slowing yeah. down and, you know, go ask a tree for help. You know, sometimes it's actually less is more, especially in the world that we're in today with so much, you know, content and media and social media. There's just so much being thrown at people. I actually believe the more, and I see this with clients, like when people are trying to do more. I actually like take it down. So I've been doing that myself where it's like, you know what? It's not so much about the doing. It's about the being and the embodying. So yes, I, I go study. I go retreat. I go do these things. But it's actually more about like slowing down and listening to what's coming through. So I dedicate time for that. Like, you know, like mm. getting outside in the garden, like yeah. having like days, three days a week without any, you know, phone or computer. Like, and I try to teach that to my clients. And honestly, that's where a lot of my like training seems to come through. It's like all of a sudden I'll just have like a, you know, like a epiphany that it's like, oh, that makes sense. It's like that. So now I can teach that. So, you know, I kind of take that approach in this, this day and age of everybody just trying to overload themselves with content and trainings and doing so much because really – it's not about the mind. It's about the body. It's like what is embodied in our being. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's a body mind, right? It's all connected anyway. So what would you say is, um, what do others in your industry get right or maybe get wrong? <laughs> I laugh because I, um, you know, I, I never, I never bash anybody out there, but I do talk, talk very generally about like a lot of coaches or a lot of business coaches or a lot mm -hmm. of, um, as I call it, like there's this, what I call like the old paradigm of doing business. And then there's this newer paradigm of doing business. Um, I talk about this a lot in my content about the illusion of success Meaning there's a lot of people in this noisy world going around saying like, if you just have my $100,000 funnel, you know, you'll make $100,000 too. It's honestly, it's, it feels very like old. Like that was kind of cool to say like five years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. But now it's like, I mean, are people really still falling for that? So I, I call that out a lot because what they don't tell you is a lot of the like they're missing a lot of the root chakra. They don't tell you that you need to invest a certain amount of money in ads. You know, it's like you can't be selling that $100,000 funnel thing to someone that doesn't even have clarity on what their business is yet, right. you know, which is like, yeah. so there's a lot of marketing that I get it. These are like master marketers that are selling like pipe dreams and there's nothing wrong with it because, hey, you know, someone like me, it's like, oh, maybe I should go learn this like, new funnel that maybe I don't know about. I don't, you know, I don't know. But for someone like my clients that are a little newer in their first like two or three years, one, zero to three years, you do not need any of that. So I try to keep it like, what is the easiest, fastest, like no cost way to actually grow business where, you know, you can make six figures without having any of this like stuff that people are always like, you know, trying to sell you out there. Yeah. And honestly, it tends to be a certain kind of person that's out there pushing that. And um, 
I just feel like it does a disservice because, I mean, unless they're screening the kind of people that come into their programs or buy their online courses, they're really doing a disservice because I've now met more and more people that have been burnt by coaches like that that are selling things that are not for where they're at. It's not at the right level. Like I had a client last year who paid for something, you know, paid like $12,000 for something where I'm like, I wouldn't even invest in that yet. Like you don't need that. You don't even know what your business is. Why did you spend $12,000 on like this thing that like even where I'm at, who, you know, I've been in business long enough, multiple six figures, I wouldn't even invest in that. So it's unfortunate where there's people out there selling things to people that not only don't need it, but like it's actually going to make them like even more traumatized to then trust other coaches. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I've seen this like at least a few times a year, you know, many times a year, I get an application from one of my programs that says, well, I got burnt by another coach. And here's the thing. No coaches are perfect. There's no such thing as the most perfect business coach or the most perfect transformational anybody. We're all human beings doing our best. And, you know, no one's a guru. I always remind my clients like they, everything is really inside of them. I'm just here to guide you, help you make it more effective, help you, you know, see things that you can't see. But really like this, this whole guru thing out there is unfortunate because again, like people are putting so much weight onto, well, if I just pay this coach, maybe like then I'll make the millions they're promising me. And I always call BS on it because, you know, that's how you get burned, number one. And most of these people aren't even telling you the full story. And then it's unfortunate because a lot of them are just like, taking the money and running. And then it makes a bad name for the rest of us in this industry. But I have this theory that more and more people are actually just, they're they're not going to put up with it. I mean, I now know a few people that have been called out on some of their shady business practices like that. And um, I don't think people are going to take it. And especially as more and more people are like waking up and becoming more energetically sensitive. Like even mm-hmm. if you see an ad or something on social media, you know when it's like mm, the crock of poop or like, okay, it's an ad, but at least it sounds authentic or it feels like it's coming from the heart. And I just, that's, that's all I'm about is like radical authenticity and like, yes, I'm human. I'll make mistakes, but really as long as it's from my heart and speaking my truth, like then, you know, the people that I resonate with will resonate and those who don't, don't. But it's just, I, I feel so bad about the people out there in our industry that are just kind of like out to make a buck on people because it's that's not transformation. You know, that's not what I stand for. I stand for this bigger mission of having a heart-centered world where people are actually living, doing what they love and like enjoying their life and living in their hearts, you know? Like you so said, shining their light, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you think is what would you say is most misunderstood about, uh, let's say, psychedelics, especially in the context that you're talking about it, right? So transforming your business. Yes. Well, the one thing that I think is most under, uh, misunderstood just in general with the mass media and this growing popularity and like social media. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people on social media that are just saying like kind of outlandish things too. There's this idea that psychedelics are just going to fix things for you, mm-hmm. meaning like, oh, I've heard these cure my depression or I, I heard this will help my PTSD. You know, I mean, yes, I've had some like miracle moments. I can't deny that. And I, I rarely use that word miracle, but I've definitely had moments out of like, you know, remember hundreds and hundreds of journeys. Like I've had a few miracles, but generally it's not like an overnight fix and None of these work without support. Like, it's true. Like, the word integration, and it doesn't have to be with an integration coach. It can be. They're, like, specialized in psychedelic integration. But integration with a therapist, integration with a coach, integration with NLP and hypnosis, um, integration, any of these things. You know, I have been doing nonstop integration with a different variety of people for many, many, many years. And that's where you get the expedited results from the psychedelics. So what I say to people like, you know, because even I've had a client, you know, clients in the past that maybe did too many psychedelics and they were actually just making them like worse, you know. So there is that psychedelics, certain people, 
um, depending on, you know, like there's a lot of factors, but for certain people, they can actually just make you like more in your head, more looping, more stuck, more, um, like for example, this old client many years ago, she would just change her business idea every weekend, but she would say like, oh, the mushrooms told me this, the mushrooms told me that, the mushrooms told me this, you know, the mushrooms aren't telling you that. There's there's a point where it's like, yeah, sometimes these plant spirits will speak to you, but not, you know, you're not always supposed to go take everything they say literally. Most of the time it's actually just something you just like, okay, that came through, but I'm not going to act on it. So, you know, just know that they're not going to tell you what to do with your entire life and they're not going to solve your problems. They're not going to give you the secret code to making millions. You know, there might be certain things that come through like Mm -hmm. over and over and over and you're like, oh, maybe I should pay attention to that. You know, like, oh, I've really been called to be um, a health and wellness coach, but I'm scared, you know, and maybe that's been coming through for three or four years. Okay, maybe it's time to like take the steps. But if it's something like, um, you know, the mushrooms told me that I have to go create this thing and then, you know, blah, 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 and do it like this. And then, you know, I'm going to go and do that. It's like, well, you know, have you like really integrated this and like let it like simmer before going making like huge changes? Yeah. So I always like to, it's funny because this is a huge part of my work and my heart and the path that I'm on. But I'm really always very radically honest about psychedelics are not just here to like fix anything. And they are, you know, really, whether it's chemical or a plant or a fungi, it's about building a relationship with these spirits. You know, when I work with ayahuasca or work with, you know, a sacred mushroom, it's not just like a drug that you ingest and then it changes your, you know, perception. Right. It is a literal living spirit that is alive, that actually has a personality and has a connection. And it's like the deeper you go with that relationship, which, which by the way, this relationship is available with all plants, all living beings, all and the earth, the flowers, the grass, the trees, everything. Yeah. So the more you can actually be in this kind of relational, you know, conversation with them, like I, I said, I tell my clients, go on a hike and like sit by a river and like put a rock in it and ask for something or like go hug a tree or go talk to a flower or go watch a bee for five minutes and like see what comes through. You know, it's really about developing a relationship and then you'll start to see like, oh, wow, like I had this great idea when I was just sitting by these flowers for 10 minutes or, you know, whatever it is. So it's kind of the same thing with psychedelics um, and really the integration and having support to make the, the, you know, like the, the psychedelic experience more, um, effective in your real life. That's mm-hmm. what the whole option or the whole notion of integration is. Right. And, and honestly, I don't even like to use the word effective because it's like very often, you know, effective might mean like purification, like getting rid of a whole bunch of things and breakups and quitting and moving. And it might, you know, a lot of times it's not easy. Like psychedelics are not always fun and games. Honestly, majority of the time for most people, they're actually more challenging than pleasant. So, but the challenging piece of it is where the magic is, where it's like, okay, Maybe there's some things you've been avoiding all these years that now you need to look at and that's coming up and now you can look at it. And now that it's coming up, now you have the ability to integrate it and actually do like the real healing around whatever that is that's maybe in the way, the block, the stuck, the, you know, whatever, you know, the energy that's been like in the way of whatever it is you want to create in your life. So I always like to be the the truth teller. I mean, me and most people I know in the psychedelics field are all we're all kind of like this, ironically. Like, you don't need psychedelics. It's not yeah. It's not the only answer, even though they are amazing. And I do know their potentiality for the world and healing and, you know, um, various, you know, like issues in our society. But I always say, look, like we all say there's a mental health crisis, at least here in the, the Western world in the U.S. But really, what is at the root of the mental health issues? Maybe it is everybody hating their job. Maybe it is people 
trying to just be part of the grind and staying stuck all the time. Maybe it is like the complete misalignment of what people want to do and being caught in a system that doesn't serve them. So it's not about take a psychedelic, fix your depression. It's about let's get to the root of the problem so you can forever start to feel better. Then you don't even need the psychedelic. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. So, um, so based on all of what you just described there, what if someone's interested in in uh, starting to explore uh, these types of super states? How would you uh, how would you suggest they approach that? Well, you are free to reach out to me, and I can give you some guidance. But um, you know, there's there's many different options and different ways you can go. Um, you know, it depends on your comfort level. Like very often people have already had psychedelic experiences of sorts in the past and maybe they're already kind of like, oh, I'm, I've, I've done this before. I'm comfortable. Maybe you can go do something on your own. You know, then there's like sitters and then there's therapists and there's underground therapists and then there's ceremonial settings where you do them in groups. There's retreats. You know, I am potentially leading a retreat in the spring to Costa Rica where we'll work with some ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people, you know, really go inward first and feel into what is it that's really calling you? Like, what is your intention? Why do you want to explore one of these super states with one of these super medicines? Mm -hmm. You know, and really feel like your truth first and foremost. You know, like, okay, well, I've been hearing about this one thing. I'm curious to learn more. Okay, maybe go listen to some podcast episodes. Go watch some videos, you know, hopefully not the doomsday ones, but like, you know, or watch the ones have that share both sides. Um, go follow some experts in this field like me and some of the other people I've interviewed and just educate yourself. Be discerning. Talk to some other people you know. I mean, honestly, that's one of the best ways is really like, you know, word of mouth, people you trust. Like if you know someone who's done this before with a, a group in a ceremony and had a great experience, you know, and you trust them, you know, get curious. Go maybe like ask for an introduction. The one thing I always tell people is if you're going to do some of these bigger medicines like ayahuasca or iboga or DMT or 5-MeO-DMT or ibogaine or – I'm trying to think what else. Well, these these kind of bigger medicines. Mushrooms are not to say they're a little um, safer, but they kind of are, meaning like you can do them at home with your, you know, significant other or your friend and just kind of watch each other. You know, it's it's one of the safer medicines. But if you're doing one of these big, powerful experiences, yeah, then be really discerning. Like study up on the facilitator you've been introduced to. Like maybe ask some people – Ask them what their training is. Ask what their background is. Here's the one thing I always say, and even, even with mushrooms, if they're not doing a proper health intake form, run away. Mm. Like everybody, I mean, even when I sit with people on a, even on a smaller dose, I make people do a health and mental health and health and wellness intake form so I can understand if there's anything, you know, like a red flag or a contraindication or a drug that, you know, you shouldn't be on when you take this other medicine. Um, you know, once in a while I hear about people that are not screening people for like the basics. And if they're not doing that, that's actually considered unsafe. I would not sit with anybody who didn't ask health and wellness intake. Um, and usually it's a very comprehensive process, you know, just like a form. Um, the other thing I would say is really listen to your intuition. Like if it really doesn't feel right or something feels off or you don't feel safe, or like there's just a, you know, like something off, just know that there's a million other opportunities out there and maybe it's just not the right time right now. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, the chances of having a, a horrible or like deadly experience is tends to be more slim than common. But I don't, no one likes to downplay like there is always a chance of, of death with like certain medicines. So you have mm -hmm. to know and that's where you know, a good group or a good facilitator or a good retreat center or someone who's been on this for a while, on this path for a while, it's important. The other thing I always like to add, in my personal opinion, and this is probably my own projection, but this has been a huge part of my path for a long time. If you're working with certain medicines like ayahuasca, bufo, which is the toad medicine, DMT, combo, boga, ibogaine, or um, peyote, 
some of these medicines, most of these medicines, um, you know, some of them are in, uh, let's say like not being harvested sustainably. Mm. Um, peyote is, you know, I don't want to say endangered, but it's like, should really, I mean, in my opinion, and there's a lot of people that agree with this is really only used in ceremonial settings and like certain native American traditions. It's like, so I always ask people about, um, where they've gotten the medicines, like what the process was and do they give anything back? Do they have any sacred reciprocity, reciprocity built into their own facilitation practice? For example, some of the people I work with, you know, grow their own medicines and have like a whole um, piece of land that's all about regenerative agriculture, yeah. you know, meaning they're not just like pillaging the rainforest and not replanting. So um, like know about that and also know like do they even know like always ask what's in it. I don't care if you go drink ayahuasca. If you drink ayahuasca and you think it's ayahuasca, always ask what's in it because mm-hmm. very often it's not what you think. It's, you know, maybe they're putting some other plants in there. Always ask like what – it doesn't matter what it is. Even psilocybin, ask what the strain is. Who grew it? Where would you get it from? You know, was this grown in a natural environment? Was it grown in a warehouse in New York City? You know, every, and it's up to you, like everybody's, maybe some people don't care, um, but honestly, it makes a difference. And the more questions that we all ask together, the more we can actually hold people to a higher standard, meaning like, was this grown with care? Was this grown with love and, um, you know, like reciprocity built into the certain indigenous peoples that carry this medicine, you know, and not just indigenous, you know, it's like it's native to other peoples as well. They're not indigenous. So it's just to me, that's really important, you know, because you can find someone who's buying ayahuasca off of, you know, wherever on the internet and like making it their house. And maybe they mix in something that's, you know, whatever. And like, I don't know. I mean, not to say it's good or bad, But that's where you just have to be discerning. If it feels okay to you, hey, like I'm not one to judge. Like I'm not here to say what's good or bad. I'm just here to say like always be aware of what you're getting into. Discerning. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing is be aware. (laughs) Yes. As you think about, you know, you've been in this space for quite a while, uh, especially in your own practice. And uh, what is giving you hope about the future for these types of states of consciousness? Well, um, yeah, even though everybody's so gloom and doom these days, I actually have a lot of hope for the future. You know, as the world changes, as we go through this major um, transformation on planet Earth, you know, we have to remember that more people are waking up, whatever that means to you, like consciousness is, you know, expanding and changing. Um, I do think we these medicines are maybe going to help us find our hearts and and find our bodies and realize that energy is everything and that we're all interconnected. So I'm always trying, especially if I get into gloom and doom, you know, I always try to remember like we are also creating this new earth and this whole new paradigm on earth as the old falls away. So there's these kind of like two things happening at once and Maybe the one gloom and doom is really scary to a lot of people where it's like, oh my God, climate and COVID and things and uh, AI and whatever. And okay, so maybe that's all scary, but maybe that's a purification process. And maybe there's this beautiful like new planet with a new consciousness, with new you know capabilities that we don't even know about yet. Mm-hmm. Meaning more and more people's gifts are coming online. More and more people are turning towards healing and transformation. Um, More and more people do care about healthy eating and environment and, um, you know, like getting back to the earth and planting their own garden. So there's all this positivity that really gives me hope that, okay, maybe these medicines, if they help you reconnect to the earth, which a lot of them or most of them do, it's like our inherent nature is to be connected to all things because it's true. We're all interconnected. And yeah. if if these medicines at least at the bare minimum help us have a better relationship with our planet and all the creatures and the plants and everything on it, then that's like that enough is en- enough to give me hope. And if it helps people open up their heart, it helps people heal, it helps people find that connection and compassion maybe, hopefully. Um you know, like that's where I'm, I'm hoping that 
things will get better. And then, you know, when it comes to business, capitalism, entrepreneurship, well, you know, I know everybody's like, oh, freaking capitalism, terrible system. But, you know, it's it's here right now for now. And maybe we can do it better. You know, maybe we can figure out how to make it a little bit better, how to make it work better for the planet and each other. And, and that's my hope is that, you know, it's like this is why I've done – I'm on my fifth summit called Psychedelic Sacred Medicines and Soul's Purpose. And it's mm. all about this. It's all about, you know, um, psychedelics for what purpose? You know, like why do these? Yeah, like maybe they feel good, but what's the larger picture happening on earth? And that's where yeah. when, there's little, when there's little issues that come up, I just always remember like the larger scale picture, which is like, hey, if this is going to help millions of people – feel better, figure out what they really want to be doing with their lives, find their heart, you know, find forgiveness, find compassion, get back to the earth. That's that. I mean, like that's, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. It's, it's a, a hopeful message and, uh, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, Beth, if people want to learn more about you or how they could work with you, uh, how can they do that? Great. So I'm all over the internet at, well, you can find my website, bethaweinstein.com. I'm also on Instagram, bethaweinstein. Facebook, same thing, Beth Weinstein. I also have a Facebook group that's all about psychedelics, sacred medicines, purpose, and business. It is called exactly that. There's almost like 7,500 people, something like that, over 7,000 people. I also have some free trainings. I do a lot of, um, like I mentioned, this free summit that's coming up. That's um, going to be at the end of September, and it's about 10 days where I'm interviewing, I think, over 40 experts at this point. Um, that's free. I have a free podcast. I have like lots of free resources on my website. And then I also have a lot of psychedelic education resources, including um, like all my past summits that are available. And, you know, I'm also an open book. So, you know, people can really just reach out to me on one of the social medias, even email ask me anything. Um, I'm here to help. Yeah. And I can uh, vouch for that because I just reached out to you on Facebook, random, strange person. And, uh, <laughs> and you, and you responded right back to me. So, uh, Beth, what is, what is the one insight that you want the listeners to leave with today? Oh man. One insight, you know, I think the one at the, the root of all of them would be just get curious like curiosity. That's it. You know, like you don't, no, no sudden moves, slow down, get curious. And anything, because it applies to everything, business, life, your, you know, problems, the larger scale issues on planet earth that everybody's worrying about. It's like, what if we actually all just got curious, slow down a little bit and like wondered, you know, like, hmm, maybe we could like, you know, allow a solution to come through or allow your business to be channeled through you or allow uh, the, the problem at work, you know, whatever it is. So just slow down and get curious, play, have fun. You know, life, we're only here once. What is it all about, right? Love that. Thanks so much, Beth. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to be here. <laughs>